Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today's show today is Monday. We are already on September 14th, 2020. It is a crazy day in LA, in California. We have a ton of fires um, in Oregon, in the Northwest. But someone yesterday on the news said, God, all we can ask for is rain right now. And it looks like up in Oregon and in the upper top north of California, we're going to have rain tomorrow. So hopefully that will help us. Um, it's still kind of ranging in some areas in Southern California where they just shut down and, and had evacuations where I used to live, not not far from, just a couple miles away from where I used to live um, yesterday and this morning. So we're we're still in the thick of it. It's it's just unbelievable how fast. I mean, between everything that's going on, it just we just have to just be grateful for the moments that we have and that we are not hit with all of this in our daily lives and to remember that instead of focusing on everything we don't have, which can happen so fast and so easy. And there's something about... Being ready, I got asked this question in an inbox, and someone said to me, how do I know I am ready? Because they had had a question that I answered on, I think it was Friday, during the questions Friday about, you know, how things happen. You know, things happen to us not in the right time, but in the ripe time. So one of my favorite songs of all time, I have a few of them, but this is one of them, and it's by the Rolling Stones. And it's that you can't always get what you want, but you'll find some time that you will get what you need. What we need and what we want are two different things, right? Because we may feel scared, we may feel stressed, we may feel unhappy, and we may think, that a car or a house or a job or a person will fix that for us because we're too impatient to go through the process of getting what we want. I know it sounds funny to say, but if you can tell that you no longer have that stimulation in in your mind and in your life, that you don't need that to fix you or to fill a gap or to plug a hole, that's when you're actually ready for what you want. Because that's when you will be able to make a decision 
that is your best decision. When we feel a sense of desperation, like, oh, I think I've got something now. You know, I think I I, I got what I I want. I'm going to get that car I wanted in the color I wanted. I'm going to get that job at that company because you just had this image of that company, but you really didn't know what they expect from you once you get there. And once you get there, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's so different in here than out there looking in. And the best story I have about how do I know if I'm ready, I had a philosophy teacher in college. I was still living in Chicago at the time, and they have a pier in Chicago called Navy Pier. And it's it's now they have North Pier and everything got bigger and everything, you know, over time. But at that time, it was just a simple pier where boats went out in the water. And in Chicago, that's a very limited time because it freezes there. I mean, we go way below freezing in Chicago. So I had a teacher who said, when I was in college, I went to college here, I used to go lay under a tree and wish that I had a boat I can go out to in the water. And then I got a boat. I graduated, I worked, I got married, I had kids, I bought a boat. Once I got the boat, paid for the boat, paid for the docking, paid for everything, had to get things ready, made sure I had a place to store it in the winter. But once I did that, I was out in my boat one day, floating in the water thinking, oh, this is what I wanted. And I looked out and saw a guy under the tree. And I wished I was him. I wished I was still that guy with the dreams. It was such an interesting turnaround because it was a philosophy class. And so I thought about that. It stuck with me for so long in my life because of the sincerity in which he told the story. Sometimes, and and these are things I did, I thought a certain guy was just going to walk in my life, be the perfect guy, and I was going to live happily ever after. And what I was doing was searching. And anyone can tell you that you've, I don't know, you're chasing or barking up the wrong tree. Anyone can tell you that a lot of times people meet each other when they don't expect to. But we can't take every person and turn them into the person because there is a huge difference between being in love with love and being in love. It's like the boat, being in love with being in the water, but then you get there and you say, "Wow, you know, this was this was a lot of work." Well, when you say that, that's different than the person who says, "God, I love it out here. This was worth every thought." His immediate thought was not to be there because it turned out to be way more than he entailed, more expensive, more work, more worry. Because sometimes we want things because of the visual because of us thinking that will make us successful, because of us thinking that we are 
loved or not. The biggest place I see this is in relationships because a job you could leave, sometimes people don't, but these days people don't stay the way they used to because we don't have benefits like we used to. A lot of people stayed in jobs because they didn't want to lose their benefits, but we don't have benefits anymore. So that's gone. And other things that we wanted monetarily, we can get and we can sell. We may lose a little bit. We may gain a little bit, but we can sell. You may have wanted a particular house. You may have bought it, and then you realize once you're in it, the functionality of that layout doesn't work. So you can sell. But when, you, when you're in a relationship, it's an investment for you. It's an investment of your time, which is our most valuable asset. Everything else that has to do with money can be bought and sold because what's money? Money is just permission. Permission to stay, permission to go, permission to buy, permission not to. But when you're ready, how do you know you're ready, let's say, for a relationship? Because that's, that's where we're really asking the question. When do I meet the person? How do I meet the person? When do I sleep with the person? When do I introduce them to my family? When do we take the next step? You know, there's like this whole written script already. You just want to be part of it. So what is it that how do you know you're ready, let's say, to meet somebody or to be with somebody or to introduce somebody, is when it comes naturally. You don't have to twist it, turn it, bend it to make it happen. Anything that gets Quietly manipulated, because that's what we do when we try to force something. We manipulate it to work. Try to make ourselves presentable. We try to make ourselves perfect. We try to, we wonder what's wrong with us if they don't want us. We wonder what we did right if they do want us. But it should never be about somebody wanting you or you making someone want you should never ever be about that we know in our hearts that we will find what we believe we are worth but we have to believe we are worth it we are not a presentation we are not a this outfit got me this person or this car got me this girl, or my job, people want people who do what I do, got me this person, because then we'll never believe we are loved. It has nothing to do with how we look at all. If you take a look at real-life couples, not fancy Hollywood staged pictures sometimes. And I know enough about Hollywood to know that PR people put people together because it brings 
so much publicity, especially if a movie's coming out, that are they together or aren't they? But if you look at real-life couples, they don't look like those shiny pictures. What they look like is love. That's what love looks like. When you look at somebody that you live with or that you are dating and they are incapable of looking unattractive to you, it's not like, oh, wow, he does that. Mm, I don't know if I'm staying for that. And it's not about blind loyalty either. It's not about, oh, well, I can't think that because if I do, I'm not a good partner. It's not about that either. When we start to think those things, we are now manipulating ourselves and others to get what we believe we want from others or what we think others want from us. And if we do think that, that is a surefire sign that you're not ready. Nobody will ever fix or fill or soothe the pain or the drive that you have to turn somebody into what you need or be what you think somebody else needs. If you ask a lot of men, and I know this sounds super funny to say, but they're, because men are so visual and they're attracted to looks, but they're attracted to looks all day long. Men look at many women. They look at as many women as women look at as women. They do it for different reasons. Women look because they're saying, oh, wow, where did she get that dress? Where did she get those shoes? Where did she get that purse? Wow, she's so comfortable with herself. Her hair's just up. She has her sweats on and she looks great. Oh, wow, you know, we're doing that all day. Men look and they immediately are thinking a sexual thought, but as fast as it came, it's as fast as it goes because they're doing that all day. And it's nothing to them. When a woman's walking with a man and they see him look at another woman, just check her out or whatever, they get mad. So now he has to hide that and conceal it and pretend he's not doing it. But in the bigger picture... If you know that you're with that person, you don't need to fight that out. You know that that's a natural thing that they do. They don't mean anything by it. They do it whether you're there or not. They're not going to act on it. But it makes them feel vital. It makes them feel like, hey, but I got I got my, my world together. It's always nice to look because it makes me more excited about the person I'm with instead of it taking away the way we may feel if we feel jealous or insecure or threatened. But that is exactly why I keep saying and going back to self-love. It's a great slogan. Everybody's saying it now. And I remember when Christ first said it to me, I never even heard it before. And it took a few years 
for it to take off. But now it's like self-love T-shirts, self-love or love wins or love, 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 love. But I keep going back to it because how we feel self-love, how self-love looks and acts every day is what is behind every decision we make. If you're going through a painful challenge that you feel like, well, everybody does this. I'll never find anybody. I'm always, I always end up alone. Everybody just wants sex. Everybody just wants whatever, my looks or my, my possessions or my status in life then you aren't ready. Because what you're doing is you're daring life to show you that it works. And you got to get past that part. That's the deep breath of saying, God, is this a teacher or a challenge when you can't tell? Because if people come into your life who are very truthful and very honest, even about their shortfalls. And you can be truthful and honest back. You can actually exchange energy. But if you're trying to be perfect so that somebody will love you, you can't exchange energy with that. That's like a battle before it even started as a battle. Because that's the energy you are bringing in. So then you might say, well, what am I doing wrong? I'm not with anyone now. So I'm waiting. I'm being patient. But then you get in somewhere and you feel like you have to be perfect. You can't be yourself. You've got to show only this. You want, you want to be a chameleon. You want to be anything they want you to be so that they will want you. But that doesn't work either because the real you has to emerge at some point. I remember in the 50s when people were married and they'd even on, on movies in that time. The woman would wake up before the man and put her face on, put her makeup on. They'd be mortified to be caught without their makeup. Cruciating. And men didn't care. But we were taught if we weren't properly dressed and if we didn't have our faces on, and they used to do before and after pictures, even even up until the 80s and 90s of Women who were famous with makeup and when they were caught without makeup and the big difference that they looked like. We were like shamed for showing who we really were to the point that without it, they'd put a picture of us up there. Like, look at what they really look like. Don't feel so bad, girls. They look just like you in the morning. As though we weren't allowed to look like human beings. So you got to get to that place where you no longer want something back for your efforts 
Because what happens is you start blaming the other person for your efforts to get them because they did not buy your efforts, your show, your ad. You're not an advertisement trying to sell your best features. You are a human being who deserves what you want in life without having to create a scenario for it to work out in. It's interesting. When we want to go to school, we know that if we go to school for four years and we learn what we have to learn, that we can get the job we wanted because we will have the background to do that. When it comes to relationships, nobody talks to us about it except everything we can't do. Don't do this and you better not do that and you better not go here. and you bet. No one tells you what to do. No one says when you meet people and you find that you naturally can talk to them that you may want to get to know them better. Don't make a decision you want them until you get to know them as opposed to love them, see yourself married to them, then get to know them, figure out if you can do whatever it is they do. That's when you hear someone say, I've lost myself. And now you're in the lost and found looking for who you are and who you were before you met that person. And a lot of times you'll find you were somebody who was just looking for a person, but you really didn't discern the person. So you know you're ready when you don't have to create a story of, well, you know, they had a hard life. And, yeah, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't keep a job. They're 40 years old and they're still dreaming about starting a business and I'm going to do it with them. And I said, really? So did you stop to ask yourself that why it took until now and they're still with their parents and they're an adult who could have had kids by now? They're still talking about starting life like they're 20? And I said, I'm not taking that away. I'm not saying the person isn't a good person. But one, you've already done all of that and you are adopting a child. And you already have two. And one of them's a handful. And what are you planning to do? Stop everything to start a business and take that kind of risk for someone else's dream that you've only known for a month? Yeah, but... And all these excuses came in and I said... Listen to what you just said to me. Because you didn't say it for me. But you just created the picture you needed to take everything that this person did that you would question in anybody else and you gave me a reason and an excuse for it like you're a PR person. What if I came to you and told you the same thing? What would you tell me back? 
And I said, be super careful right now because I think you're falling in love with love. It's been a while. It makes you laugh. It makes you feel giddy. There's, you know, a lot of firsts that haven't happened yet. I'm not taking it away from you. But I think if you were to really think deeper inside, you also know that, but you're so excited about all the firsts that you're willing to overlook the truth. Someone who's 40 that lives with their parents and is complaining about their parents, even though they love them the way you would at 17, where did those 20 years go between, or 23 years go between 17 and 40? What really happened there? Why was there no commitment ever? Because if there wasn't commitment ever anywhere else, you're not going to get that commitment either. But the kicker was, the person even told her, I was scared of getting to know you because I didn't want to hurt you, knowing that they hurt the people that they've been with in the past. And I remember saying, hey, keep him as a friend. Allow yourself to know him as a friend, not with the end goal that you're going to be with him, but the way you would be with anybody at this point in your life with all the experience you've had. Don't let the desperation get in the way of wanting to fill a spot in your life without thinking about who you're filling it with. Thank God we had that talk because that thought changed the trajectory of her life. And this wasn't even that long ago. It wasn't even that long ago. And she called me and said, I wish I could have recorded what we said. Because you're right, I was just in love with being in love. And the person was just filling my goal. But I wasn't looking at what I was filling it with. Because I still feel that I can do everything for the two of us. And I said, do you really want to do that for the rest of your life? And she's like, no. I said, just be patient. This person taught you you're alive. This person taught you how much energy you are willing to give to a relationship. But give yourself the time and space to where there's a full energy exchange rather than one where you're trying to create a story, an ad. We all know when we're doing that, when we're we're filling in their excuses, we're explaining them away. The person can't do it themselves, but they'll leave that up to you to take care of that for them. But if you use words like, well, I've had it, all people do this, I'm tired of hanging on, My current life feels too small to fit into my big dreams. I'm bored, stressed. I want some stimulation in my life. I want my life to move just like that. One thing Christ said is things change most when things are quiet. Once you accept yourself, you will wonder how and why you tried to put people into your life in the way that you needed it 
Because you really have to think about that. Because you're thinking about people rejecting you or not being the right people. And how are you ever going to find the right person or the right city to live in or the right job or the right family? How are you going to find that is when you find yourself. Going back to self-love. Once you can see why you are attracted to what you are attracted to, then you can recognize what works for you best and what doesn't. And it's not easy. It takes time. And I know when we're younger, we feel like we don't have time. But we have time. When something isn't right and we try to make it right, we will stop and settle along the way and keep spinning our wheels. When something feels natural, like, hey, I'm myself, that's when you know. You guys, I'm already almost over my time. I love you guys. I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.